0: Cody Huff uh, was a homeless drug addict, and he's going to be on stage. Um, He's going to come and tell us his story. And uh, if you were here uh, the week after Easter when Lee Strobel, our friend Lee Strobel, was here, one of the stories that he told. I think that, uh, you know, I've been preaching from a lot of stories lately in Jesus' life. I think the story thing makes more sense than than anything when it comes to unpacking God and His grace and what He does in our lives. So we've invited Cody to come and speak for us today. Uh, Will you please welcome my friend. Cody, come on up here, my friend. So um, you don't—I mean, you, you, you don't really look like a homeless drug addict. I mean, no. hey. so let I me mean, tell me tell me the story, man. Tell me tell me how you ended up on the in the, in the hot streets of Las Vegas without a home. Uh, okay. Back um, the story up.
1: First, I would like to say good morning to Chicagoland and the lotport campus, and thank you for having me. Um, i have quite a checkered history as many of you have read in lee strobel's book um i have done eight years of my life locked up because society didn't know what to do with me i was such a bad drug addict i would commit all kinds of crimes to get my drugs which eventually led me down a path to losing my home, losing everything I had, and becoming a homeless man living on the streets of Las Vegas.
0: Um, to look at you now, you just seem like I mean you just seem like a a beautiful, gentle soul. Uh, but to look at these mug shots um, looks a little bit different. I mean, okay. I, what struck me was, you know, 1979 was the year I graduated from high school. Yes. And, you know, while, while I'm graduating from high school, you have at least one of your early mug shots, if yes. not one of your first ones. So walk us through this journey. Okay. First, the mug shots are proof that I used to be
1: young and good looking. <laughs> okay. Um. The far left mug shot, that's in San Diego. I I was an addict then, a heroin addict. Uh, The second mug shot, that was taken in Las Vegas. I was an addict then. That was my second bout with heroin. You would have thought I would have learned by the first one. The uh, third one, that's also in Las Vegas. I was arrested with a whole pocket full of heroin and hypodermic needles. Uh, the fourth one uh, is a homeless picture. You can tell by my beautiful suntan <laughs> living out on the streets in Las Vegas. The fourth picture is when uh, uh, I know that Tim has taught recently in, uh, about the demoniac uh, from Garcini's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was me right there. Okay, I was full of demons. I mean, I was evil i was mean i would do anything if i put it to an interviewer one time this way i said at that point if i thought you had thousand dollars in your pocket i would have got you a thousand dollars and i didn't care what it took to get it i mean i was evil evil i used to work for the other side
0: Mm. what were some of the what were some of the things Um, you were incarcerated for besides the drugs. I mean, the one story you told last night.
1: Counterfeiting? Kind of quirky,
0: yeah. Counterfeiting? You were a
1: counterfeiter. Okay, so I'm one of the few people that have ever been to Las Vegas and actually won on a consistent basis because I got into counterfeiting. We made our own silver dollars to play in the slap machines, um, I made a ton of money doing that, but it, unfortunately, I had to pay for it with the year of my life incarcerated in jail.
0: It seems like a way better way to go to vegas though you know? oh,
1: it was good we hey it co- we figured out it costs us seven cents to make a silver dollar, so we would go into a casino and trade it in for a real dollar and walk out with real money yeah. so we had quite a uh, return on our investment. I'm, I'm
0: really nervous. Somebody's <laughs> going to take this idea because yes. it's. Uh, I will not it's tell good, anybody it? how to do it. Okay. All right. Anyway. Good. Um, so, so why Vegas? I mean, how did Vegas happen? Just because of that? Because of connections? You grew up that, in California, right?
1: Okay. Yes. That was absolutely the dumbest decision I have ever made in my life I was a heroin addict in San, living in San Diego California I was actually dealing drugs I wanted off of drugs so bad I actually packed my car and I had a brainstorm okay I knew everybody at the beach I couldn't walk down the beach without somebody pulling over and saying hey Cody let's go get high let's go get high so I had a brainstorm. I went to Las Vegas. I mean, that's like the dumbest... You went dumbest, to Sin City. Yeah, go to Sin City to get rid of drugs. You know, give me a break.
0: Okay, but you could but have come to Chicago and I been homeless been the in thing. the 40 below yeah. winter that the homeless people around here deal with. Yes. At least you had some decent weather. Yes, But leaving San Diego, that's hard. Um, so so you, you end up in Vegas um, on the streets... Nothing to your name. You were, however, able to make money. I, I need you to unpack this with everybody because um I yeah, my wife and I were in Cincinnati this week, and um, at the convention that I led last year, for those of you that were around, it was in Cincinnati this past week. And Cincinnati does not do a very good job of taking care of the vagrants that are that are downtown. So everywhere we went, there was somebody standing with a sign saying, you know, I need money, you know, whatever, I, you know, I'm a veteran, all those kinds of things. So uh, w- when counterfeiting didn't go so well for you, you went to a, I guess, legal profession of begging. Yes. Tell us about that.
1: Well, after the counterfeiting, there's one thing that we're missing here. Um, I, I got out of jail. They put me on probation. I eventually got a, a really good paying job, well, we're kind of ahead, uh, with with UPS Freight, mm. And I'm not supposed to say their name, but I'm just using their initials. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so the homeless part was was really really hard. I imagine this. Uh, I went from using heroin to using crack cocaine, and eventually uh, lost everything. That I lost my whole life savings mm. and. Uh, I was a professional bass fisherman, I lost my bass boat, my motor home, everything. I sold for crack cocaine Mm. and eventually wound up living on the street. While I was on the street, I ran into another homeless guy who showed me a way to make money and that was get a bottle of Windex and a newspaper and go around and clean people's windows at the shopping center and I would do that every day and you would ask me what I charged and I'd say nothing just give me a tip because I'm starving to death but I was starving to death for drugs not mm-hmm. for food so I would do that every day and I'd make anywhere between a hundred hundred and fifty dollars every day so I know your question now is well if you were making that much money every day why didn't you save some to get yourself a hotel room mm-hmm. Because the drugs are a monster, and you spend every penny on the drugs.
0: And how would let's just let's just stop there and help okay. us for a minute. So how do how do we deal? How, how how should we deal with, you know, with somebody that's approaching us on the street saying, you know what, I I need food. I need you know. Do you yeah. have any money? I mean, that, yes. that's what we had all week long. Okay. And and we feel so guilty because we're Christians, and you know we want to help. Yes. What's the deal with that? Um, The
1: number one thing that I tell any group, I travel a lot and I speak to a lot of people about homeless issues. Um, The number one thing that I would tell you, that I would advise you is never, ever, ever give them money because 99.9% of the time, your money is not going to go for the purpose that they tell you it's going to go for. It's going to go for drugs, it's going to go for alcohol, it's going to go for gambling, it's going to go for other things. If you feel led to work with homeless people or to even help out a homeless person, um, you could carry food items in your car. Uh, non-perishable things like peanut butter crackers that we carry them in all of our vehicles. We carry enough food to last a homeless person probably two days. We are a homeless ministry, but you as normal people, if you see a homeless guy standing on a corner or a girl and you want to help, if there's a fast food place around where you could go buy him a hamburger, or if there's a supermarket, you could go in and buy him fruit, you could buy him uh, all kinds of non-perishable stuff, just tell him, wait right here, I'll be back out that gives you a chance to minister to them about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Hmm. number one. It gives you a chance to pray with them. It gives you a chance to invite them to church and to pour into their lives. Because I'm telling you, those homeless people out there, they are broken. They have no self-esteem left. They are hurting. They are broken.
0: They have no hope. Even if they're even if they're trying to get money out of you for drugs, yes, they still live in broken chains. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, um, how did you get? Then, I guess that's a nice segue. How did? I mean, you you got to the point where you were not like just the a homeless guy. You were the bottom of the homeless yes. pile, and and yes. somebody got you to Central Christian Church. Yeah, tell us about that. Okay, so
1: when I was homeless I came up with an idea that by you know we're in Las Vegas, the temperatures are over 100 degrees every day by not taking a shower I even couldn't believe how bad a body could smell (laughs) And, and I would not clean myself up on purpose so people would feel sorry for me I'm just going to stand for a minute. You go. I would come walking up to your car, and I would, even though there was nothing wrong with my legs, I would walk up like this, like I was a Vietnam veteran or something, and maybe I had some. You know, to make you feel sorry for me. You should have got a shirt. And people would let me clean the windows on their car, and a lot of times, instead of giving me 2 or $3, they'd hand me a $20 bill. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm well it all went for drugs you know it all went for drugs finally a homeless person said dude you need a shower I know a place where you yes. can get one Yes, um, the homeless people we slept in a field and there was like 40
1: of us even the homeless people began to tell me how bad I smelled and Cody we know the homeless people, okay? These are like, I'm like, wow, really? You guys are telling me that no. So they told me about a church in Las Vegas, Central Christian Church. Uh, Judd Wilhite, I believe, has spoken here.
0: Yeah, one of my good friends.
1: Um, we, I went to the church. I'm like, I didn't want anything to do with the church, So I went to the church to take a shower, get some clean clothes, eat some breakfast, and I wasn't even going to go to the church service. And after I took a shower and shaved and cleaned up and they gave me a clean pair of pants and a polo shirt and I came walking out from my shower, one of the volunteers looked at me and he says, Wow, Cody, you look like you're going to play 18 holes of golf. And I felt like, yes hey, I'm looking good now. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a life changer. On the way in, before you cleaned yes. up. Before we took a shower, um, we were waiting in a room. Uh, we all had to take numbers. And a, a little lady walked up to me, and she said, Sir, you look like you need a hug and I told her I said you don't want to hug me I smell so bad she said you don't smell and she came up and she put her arms around me and that's the first time I'm sorry I can never tell the story without tearing up that's the first time that anybody had touched me in over a year and that lady whispered in my ear, Jesus loves you. That was the life changer. That, that, you guys, this was the moment that this heart of stone began to turn into a heart of flesh. I mean, this was the moment, looking at this lady's eyes that, she made me feel important. I felt that self-respect coming back. You know, the Bible tells us that he is the lifter of our head. Okay? And my head began to lift up, and I began to feel like somebody. And, man, I went back to that church every week. And I I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. The first Bible study I went to, I tried to put my fingers in my ears because I don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get the clean clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I kept going back, and I kept going back, and they gave me a Bible, and this is funny we didn't we didn't say this last night, but I took my Bible and I would go back to the park, and the homeless people would walk up to me, and they'd be like, "Cody, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm reading the Bible, you guys sit down, come on man these these stories are so." cool and they'd walk away going Cody got some really good crack he's under the tree <laughs> he's under the tree over there reading the Bible okay <laughs>
0: I I don't even know what to say um I, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> but what, I, what, I, what I love about that was, and as you've heard a couple of sermons I've done lately, is I've been unpacking all these times where Jesus is with someone yes. that society doesn't think he ought to be with. The yes. first reaction is... Come and hear all the things you know yes. that this man has told me. Come, come and meet Jesus. The yes. demoniac wanted to follow him, and Jesus said, "No, no, no. You go tell the people what God has go done tell in your life." what I've done. Immediately that yes. happened. Now there's an ironic story in here. At one point, while you were doing your doing your little your little window washing con thing, business. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, business. <laughs> yes. Which was right after your, uh, your yeah. counterfeiting yeah. business, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. um, you uh, you 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 do remember one point where uh, uh, there was a there was an interaction with a woman who didn't want her windows washed, but she gave you food coupons. And I love the food coupon issue. Yes. but tell us that story.
1: Okay, um, one day it was a hot summer afternoon, and I walked into an Albertsons uh, supermarket. And this lady pulled in in this really beautiful red 280ZX, and she had, just had a detail. And I, I limped up to her, not <laughs> walked. I limped up to her. And I said, ma'am, excuse me, could I clean the windows on your car? And she says, well, no, I just have my, my windows. Uh, uh, I just have my car detailed." And she reached in her purse, and she pulled out some McDonald's gift certificates. And I'll tell you what, there was a McDonald's right across the street. Mm -hmm. The way I used to do it, I would do drugs for three days and not eat. But on that fourth day, I would eat and I would go to lay down and sleep. I would go three days and then a rest day and then get up and do it for three days and then a rest day. Well, that's what I was trying to do at the McDonald's mm-hmm. gift certificate mm-hmm. is, is I was going to eat and go back to the park
0: and lie mm-hmm. down and go to sleep. So later on, at after you got connected with the church, you ran into this lady again, right? Yes,
1: I did. Um, it, God put it on my heart from day one when I got a job and a place to stay that I had left a lot of people out on the street that I knew. And I... I couldn't get them out of my heart because
0: now I'm living in
1: a place, I have a job, I make money, I have a car. I, I just couldn't get them out of my heart, so I began to work with the homeless and the homeless ministry. And I ran into this lady that was also working with the homeless. We were doing a barbecue on a Saturday, and I walked up to her and reminded her about how she had given me the McDonald's gift certificates. And she says, honey, to tell you the truth, I give out so many of those gift certificates that I can't remember everybody that I give them to. But I was so
0: blessed Mm. that this lady would care enough. Mm. And you got to know that lady, and she's sitting right there. Would you stand up, Heather? Stand up and turn around, let everybody see you. All right, how awesome is that? How's that for a punchline? She not only travels with him, she's married to him now, you guys. That's a story of redemption. Is that cool? 10 years 10 years they've been married now yes. and they have homeless ministry that they do together. Yes. Take us take us through the whole rest of that journey then. How did you get into that? How, how does God work in your life to where I mean you had it you got a job with that company yes. with the initials of UPS and you, yes. and you and you 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 got your life going back yes. together again but then now you're doing this full time. Okay. Um.
1: After I got my job with UPS, I did all the trade shows in Las Vegas where I would bring the freight in from all over the world and move it into the shows. Um, I did that for four years and we took that business with just two guys from $400,000 a year to over $4 million in four years. And we were doing really good. And I would get these really huge paychecks. They did, we didn't get them emailed or to yeah. our banks. And, yeah and i would sit there at the table and i would just have tears running down my face and heather would look at me and she'd say baby what's wrong that's a lot of money that you just made i say heather this isn't what god called me to do you know <laughs> this isn't what god called me to do so we began to we began to talk about the homeless and we began to pray about it and and we just asked God, "What, God, What, what is your will for us? What do you want us to do? Because both of us felt God pulling on our heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear the audible voice of God, but I, I heard it in Absolutely. my heart. I heard it in my heart. And uh, we came up with a plan to pay off our house, pay off our cars, pay off my Harley, pay off all the bills that we had. And during that process, people began to call us up saying, hey, we heard that you're considering open a homeless ministry. We would like to donate food to you. We would like to donate clothing to you. We'd like to donate this or that or whatever. And to tell you the truth, when we did our first outreach, we we applied for our 501c3, which we were granted by the federal government. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> um, and the great state of Nevada, thank you. Um, when we got our 501c3, then we were able to go out and solicit sponsors and stuff like that. Um, our our ministry is called Broken Chains. We work exclusively with homeless people, with broken people like I was, mm-hmm. and we work with uh, uh, drug addicts. Uh, Prostitutes, alcoholics,
0: crazy people. Yep.
1: I mean just yeah. We're out on the front lines and our goal is You have church
0: form too, don't you? Pardon me? Do you have church form too? Yes in the, we In do. the park,
1: things like that? We have a we have this is a beautiful church, but we have a beautiful church. Our church is in the park. Our church is in a gazebo in a county park. I will admit it gets a little bit hot during the summertime, a little bit <laughs> but cold, yeah.
0: but These people I've had things
1: that. happen at my church that you never had happen. I've been preaching a sermon and had a pigeon come up and land on my pulpit. <laughs> uh, one night, one night we were doing a sermon and all of a sudden police came from everywhere and surrounded our gazebo while one of our guys was wanted for stabbing somebody we have had fist fights right in the middle i mean i'd be preaching a sermon and all of a sudden everybody's in this brawl okay <laughs> we
0: yeah but we have things at our church that you don't experience in mm-hmm. a normal church mm-hmm. tell me about god's provision in this ministry when you started it you literally yes. didn't even know the beginning you didn't know where you were even going to get yes. anything for your first event
1: okay i uh, Once Heather and I got through paying everything off, we didn't even know how we were going to do our first outreach. And the Las Vegas Rescue Mission called us and told us that they had heard that we're starting a ministry and they would like to supply our food for us for our outreaches. Um, To this day, six six years later, they supply like 80% of the food that we serve. Mm. And uh, God supplies. We have never, ever, and I refuse to do this, get before a group of people and beg for money mm. because Philippians 4.19 says that our God shall supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our ministry stands on that scripture. And God provides always always whether somebody we we have the weirdest they're not weird but it's God <laughs> we we have a guy right now who we can't even figure out who he is we have a paypal account on our website and this guy sends us a thousand dollar check every two months. We've even written him emails. Where are you? Who are you? Where did we meet you? He won't write us back. Probably one of your counterfeiting buddies. He just doesn't want
0: <laughs> Just doesn't want anybody to know. <laughs> Good one. Hey, whatever. You got me. <laughs> Still guilty. Okay, you got me. On um, that one. Tell him about your teeth. I love the teeth story. Look at look at these beautiful these beautiful chompers. Do those look like a cocaine okay, crackhead? I gotta head. show the people over here. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So, so Lee Strobel tells a story. Um, one day I called Lee and I says, Lee, you're not gonna believe what happened to me. I went to the dentist and from all the drugs, doing drugs all of my life, my my teeth were in really bad shape. So the dentist came in and he checked me out and he said, Cody. We have two options for you. We can either do dental implants or we can do false teeth in your mouth. And I said, well, how much are dental implants? And he goes, $35,000. And I said, well, I'm on Social Security, so I can't do that. How much are false teeth? And he said a number, whatever. And he goes, "Uh, could you wait here for a minute? And I'm like back in the dental chair with the thing, sucking in my (laughs) mouth. Where are you going to go? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. So he says, let stay here for a minute. And he left for like five minutes. And I believe he went into his office and prayed. And he came back out. And he said, Cody, we're going to do the implants on your mouth. And I said, wait a minute. You don't understand. I'm on Social Security. I can't even make payments on $35,000. He said, Cody, for what you and your wife do for our city, we want to donate them to you. So look, Joel Olstein.
0: Yes. I think Joel's are real. Come on. Yeah. Um, what would you tell a, a family, okay, I mean, uh, that's got a, a a family member that's a drug addict, that's addicted to something, You've been on the other side. Well, yes. what, what would you tell them? Because it, it, it's a struggle. I mean, there are yes. plenty of people in here. Maybe they're struggling with it themselves. How, how, as a family member, should you be dealing with these people?
1: Okay. If if there's anybody in here, and I'm sure there is, that has a family member that's using drugs, you can't help them. If you're helping them to pay rent or letting them live in your house and... Uh, taking all the excuses and all of that stuff. You can't help them. They have to be broken, okay, before they're able to seek help. They have to be broken, okay. The best thing to do with them is to draw some rules and regulations. It's your house okay and it's your rules and hey you know why you need to get a job you need to get off of drugs if you come home high you're gonna have to get into a program seek somebody like while well, I live in Las Vegas but if you have any friends We've in Las Vegas or any family members I would be happy to help them I work with a lot of programs and there's a lot of people like me all across the country uh, I can get people into programs, into the Los Angeles Dream Center, into all kinds of drug programs, halfway houses, all of that And we've, stuff. Got,
0: we've got plenty of connections here if yes. they're close, but you wouldn't have gotten help. You didn't get help until you were the smelliest homeless guy there was. Yes. Right? I, I mean... I it, had to be broke. You had to be broken. Yes. I, I, I think unfortunately that's that's something that people need to hear yes. so if there's a broken person out there which we all are yes as a as a guy who has probably been as broken as anybody could be what would you tell them about Jesus if there's somebody there that doesn't have Jesus somebody listening to us what would you tell them about about Jesus and what he's done in your life okay Jesus
1: is the answer for any problem that you could have in your life Jesus is the answer okay could I just preach for a minute? You could go. Okay and okay and in, in Luke 8 um, if you back up one story from the for, or lesson from the demoniac you see that Jesus has the disciples in the boat, right? And they're headed for the other side. Okay, so we have to understand that they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, which is 13 miles long and 7 miles wide and 150 feet deep okay, and they got out there, and the winds began to blow, and the disciples got scared, and Jesus was in the boat, and he was asleep. I really think that Jesus knew what was going on, and you know what? I was a pro fisherman, and I have been on some big water. And when you get out there and you're in a bass boat and the wind begins to blow and the waves begin to get high, you begin to fear for your life. So they woke up Jesus, and Jesus rebuked the wind, right? He rebu- Everybody familiar with that story? Mm-hmm. Raise yep. your hand. Yep. yep. Yes good church they read the Bible
0: <laughs> I just told okay. them this story about so, three weeks ago so, so they he, better have it oh you did <laughs> I didn't know that
1: um he he rebuked the wind. And what did he say? O ye of little faith. Mm. You know what? No matter what we're going through today, no matter what it is, if it's a money problem, if it's a relationship, if it's things aren't working out in your life, you know what? You need to know that you have Jesus in the boat. Okay? And all it takes is one word from Him and that storm has got to be still. Mm. It's got to be still. And, you know, that's what we call putting wheels on our faith. Mm -hmm. It's real easy to say, I have faith, but when you're going through the middle of the storm, that's where you find out
0: if you have faith. Stay there. Okay. (laughs) We are, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to pray, and um, we are going to. Um, just so you know, if you if you want to, well, if you want to give them money directly, you know, you're welcome to. But we're, as a part of the offering, going to give. A dollar for every person that's here. We do this dollar club every once in a while. We're going to do that today. So if you want to throw a dollar in, fine. If you don't, that's all fine. What you need to understand is that they do not take any salary from their ministry at all. They live on social security. Everything that comes in goes right back into their homeless ministry. So we're going to we're going to bless them in that way. We're going to help them as much as we can. And um, we're going to have them in the east lobby. If you'd like to if you'd like to talk to them some more about the story, I, I want to just pray for them. And and ask God's blessing over them. I'd love for you to get a chance to get to know them more. Let's do that right now. Lord God, I just pray that you will be with us as um, this heart that you have put in this man um, yes. it was broken. It was broken so far that he was the smelliest homeless guy <laughs> in the field. Um, I mean, there's just those mug shots. They don't make any sense to me because all I see is just yes. like a guy I, I just want to go ride with mm. a, a guy I want to I want to teach me how to fish yes. that's what I that's what I see yes. is is a guy like that and and a guy that heck, it probably can't harbor a, a a bad thought in his mind and I know that's not true because we're all human but yes. that that you took that mugshot and turned it into this that you yes. took the smelliest homeless guy yes. in the, in the park yes. and turned it into this and then gave him heather Gave them each other. Gave them this ministry. It's just an. It's just a. It's a, it's a story of biblical proportion. Yes. It really is. Yes. It's it's not any different than the demon the, the demon possessed guy yes. or the or the calming of the storm. This is yes. this is full fledged miracle. And sometimes I think for the rest of us, w- we live our lives and maybe we just haven't been that broken. Maybe we didn't need to necessarily be that broken. And and yet on the other side, we don't see the the miracle that happens because of it. And that's why this story is so pure and so good for us lord we pray a blessing on broken chains we pray a blessing on them and we thank you uh, for hearing about your amazing grace and your amazing power It's in these things that we ask for all in jesus name
1: amen